Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, my pronouns are she, share, and hers, and I am joined by Andy Gramuga, he, him, Emilio Diaz, he, him. Great. So we're talking, we're previewing Sundance today. That's right. We got two segments coming at you today. Uh, yep. The first one going to be a little bit drier, just a little bit of a 2021. No, it won't be dry. It's going to be great. It's going to be our hottest material. <laughs> Don't put us down like that, Andy. I'm not saying dry in a bad way. I'm just saying it's going to be a little more like informative. Um, mm. And then we're going to have a little, uh, go a little wild later. Um, Colin will be joining us for the second segment. He is not with us mm-hmm. today uh, at right now uh, as we preview Sundance 2021. Uh, which, as previously mentioned, I believe uh, last week, uh, I have been uh, lucky enough to be granted a, a press accreditation for for that festival. So I will be covering it as press. And then my good friends, uh, Jesse and Emilio, each have bought a few tickets to see some things uh, as it is a digital festival again this year. So uh, today we're going to look at some of the programs, going to talk about what we're seeing, what we're interested in, what we're interested in hearing about, that sort of thing. Uh, before we uh, transition to our later segment, yeah, and I know you meant again as if like as in like this is another digital festival, but Sundance was in person last year, so this is the first time they're going digital. That's yeah. true. Yes, um, possibly are, yeah. an early super spreader event. I feel like there's that rumor that sure. like, yeah, right. Maybe. Everyone had like a little was like a little under the weather after Sundance 2020. Uh, was it well, everyone is a little under right. the weather after every Sundance. I right, think. that's the thing. Is like, was it just the right. regular like Sundance flu, or was it the novel coronavirus? Like, I guess we'll never know. Um, not to accuse Sundance of anything. I mean, Sundance certainly did not intentionally go. We should be a super spreader event. No, may have been an accidental uh, <laughs> product of having a film festival in the early unknown days of the novel coronavirus it's true um yes so so yeah so they're doing virtual uh which is a first for them uh they are also they are doing their, their initial like plan i believe was that it was going to not be virtual but it was going to be uh not just in sundance not, not just mm-hmm. at sundance so they were going to have a bunch of satellite cities and I presumably the idea was people would be able to go to local movie theaters by late January um, and that they so like critics could go to like screenings in New York and stuff. And obviously that has not happened. Uh, so they are pivoted to virtual. Uh, I got our s- cities in which yes. there are in person screenings. Yes. Right. Including San Juan, Puerto Rico, which I could have bought a ticket to and I decided not to. Yeah. Everyone uh, tweet at Emilio and tell him to go see Passing in San Juan. <laughs> I, I, just for the record, I will never see Passing. Wow. Um, uh, yes. And so, but I think, I will say, I think they've done a pretty good job on their platform. Uh, it seems pretty user-friendly once you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do we know if they're gonna have a Roku app? Not Roku, but I okay. or maybe or maybe it's not Amazon. They have like two of the three major apps. Okay, I they're gonna have an app. There, it's gonna be fully like AirPlay and Chromecast compatible. I right? Be- yeah. I mean, that's I like yeah. That's what you know. Some that that's what uh, has been the case with many of the festivals. Yeah. Uh, the, the ones that have had a Roku app are the ones that use Eventive largely, right. and Sundance is not using Eventive. But uh, yes. yeah. Um, and uh, I will say, tickets to many of these movies are still available. And yep. if you're interested in seeing them, they're like fifteen dollars, I think, for like a regular ticket. Uh, you could they're they're sort of doing it in like two windows. So there's like a premiere window, where like mm-hmm. which is the first time a movie is seen, and that's like a three hour window you have to watch the movie. And then for the general public, it opens up not the next morning, but the morning after that. There's like a second window that I believe is like a full twenty four hour window that you can watch it yeah. after the premiere. Um, That's correct. So if you do keep your like ear to the ground and like listen for like what's buzzed and stuff, like you might be able to catch it in the second window if it hasn't sold out already. So that is like something to keep an eye on. If like you want a festival experience for yourself, like you can you can make that happen. Yeah, and Andy will be tweeting out uh, what's good from yes. Either he'll do it from our account or he'll do it from his account and one of us will retweet, retweet it. it. Yeah. Um, so if you trust my taste, I got you. Uh, do my podcast co-hosts trust, trust my taste? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, they probably won't trust me if I say passing is good, but who knows? Eh. Maybe I'll think passing is I good. trust how secure you are in your taste. That's true. <laughs> um... I appreciate that. I appreciate. I, I believe the honesty in your taste. That's true. I'm not. I'm rarely making things up. I think this is uh, probably yeah. a good, a good, uh, good read on what what my deal is. Sure. And you've been you've been you've been listening to Andy for a year. You know if you can trust Andy's taste. That's true. Um, boy, forgot that we were gonna like turn this into a segment of this all right uh let's get into the movies shall we let's give get, get into what the what the programs are yeah so uh we're just there's a we're just looking at the initial press release that they put out which was just this is the whole festival there were a couple later editions that we can get to uh but yeah starting with the uh the U.S. Uh, dramatic competition. Yes, which is ten, mo- ten movies. Uh, this is where Minari played. This is where Never Rarely Sometimes Always played. This is where The Farewell played. They've had a lot of... Uh, this is, you know, where some of the, like... The movies with, with hope for greater life. Wow, have the clemency checks stopped clearing? <laughs> Alright, listen. <laughs> Cullen's not here. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Clemency did premiere in competition. Clemency's a great movie. You should check it out. Um, so the opening night film, which I right. am seeing, uh, okay. in this in this slate, there's a couple of opening night films, but the one I'm seeing that's in this slate uh, is called uh, Ch- Coda, which I believe stands for Child of Deaf Adults, yes. uh, and it is a um, a a story about uh, a hearing person who has grown up in a deaf family. Uh, and she sort of uh, gets into music. It seems it's got um, an interesting cast. Got some deaf deaf uh, actors in it. Marley Madeline is in it. Uh, you got um, Eugenio Derbez is in it, who's not deaf, but uh, is is in the is in the movie. I believe as a music teacher. I think 
because she like I've, i watched a little bit of footage it looks pretty sundancey it looks like she's gonna like discover music and like find right i mean have you be torn between worlds are you aware of this so the the screenwriter and director was uh a writer on uh orange is the new black uh mm-hmm. but also had a movie several years ago that I think was probably also in competition uh, at Sundance. Did you see Tallulah, Andy? I never saw Tallulah. That seemed like a movie you would have seen. But... May, I, I understand what you are what you mean. A, a title like Tallulah sounds like Andy Right, see it's this so movie. close to Tully. <laughs> yes, it's true. God, Tully. Um, just mm-hmm. taking a second to think about Tully. Uh, Am I remembering right that, and then the other question is, am I remembering right that uh, Ferdia Walsh-Pilo is the the Sing Street kid? I feel like that's a familiar name. Maybe. Uh, Googling that. Yes, he is. That is correct. Oh, yeah. What a pull from me. Jesse, you did it. Um, So, yeah, interested to check that out. You know, giving it a big premiere slot usually bodes like that there's some confidence in it uh yeah uh, i have no thoughts on this seems like a sundancy movie maybe it's good this is like the hardest sort of type of movie to just like look at from a distance and be like is right. this good or not i have no right. idea it's right. like you can very much see how they would be in the bad direction or in the in the in the like surprisingly good like awesome like direction uh, a lot mm-hmm. of potential in either way, I feel like. With, and with yeah, like, stuff Tula, like this. I remember being moderately well reviewed. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do we next go to yeah, the what... fact that there's a movie called John in the Hole? Yeah, sure. We can talk about that. Uh, John in the Hole. I believe I am seeing that, or at least it's on my like long list. No, I'm 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 seeing it. That's I'm seeing that on the 29th, um, at the premiere. Michael C. Hall's in it. Jennifer Ely's in it. Tysa Formiga's in it. Um, it's uh, an, it's described as a non-traditional coming-of-age story. In the unsettling reality of John, a kid who holds his family captive in a hole in the ground. Yep. Uh. Sundance, baby! <laughs> Sounds like, yeah, I mean, John in the Hole, I guess, no false advertising there is about John and the Hole. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, it's it's almost like redundant to be a non-traditional coming-of-age story of Sund- at Sundance. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, I like Michael C. Hall. I saw him play Hedwig on Broadway. He's very good in that performance. He's a good actor. He seems yeah. like a person who's, who, He's got who, who just, like, does, he just like does stuff. Yeah. So I don't he, know yeah, if his right. involvement is any indication of Exactly, quality. yeah. He takes pretty big swings in performance, I think, very often. Um, and, like, he can go, like, very big and, like, make choices that you're that make you go, like, ooh, like, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. We got uh, On the Count of Three, the mm-hmm. Gerard Carmichael movie, which I believe I'm seeing... Emilio is seeing... Jesse, are you seeing this one, too, or no? Uh, not planning on it. No, okay. Maybe. I don't know if it's sold out or not. Right. So this is Gerard, Gerard Carmichael, uh, c- comedian and uh, creator of The Carmichael Show. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is in it. J.B. Smoove is in it. Lavelle Crawford. Christopher Abbott. Henry Winkler. Interesting cast. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Two guns, two best friends, and a pact to end their lives when the day is done, is the logline. Um, that's a logline that sort of gives me pause, but I really like Gerard Carmichael uh, and his show. Uh, I really like right. Carmichael It is show. maybe worth knowing that he directed and stars in it, but did not write it. Written by Ari Catcher and Ryan Welch. Right. Who I've never um, heard of. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm definitely very curious about that one. Hopeful that it will yeah, be. I mean, I like Gerard Carmichael. Home, hopefully it's good. Uh, it looks like they may be, have been both uh, Carmichael show writers. At sure. least one of them is. And mm-hmm. also one of the wrote for Rami. So they're not just like random writers. Shout but. out to the time I saw Gerard Carmichael outside of the Uncut Gems premiere at TIFF. <laughs> <laughs> he was hanging out with Bo Burnham. That was an interesting sight. That sounds about right. He has good taste. Um, yeah. Seemed to enjoy the film as, uh, from what I can tell. So who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. he's a good director. Seems sort of under the radar. Yeah. yeah. Um, Next is Passing. mentioned Passing. Yeah, we Andy's got the aforementioned Passing, which is Rebecca Hall. I believe telling a story somewhat inspired by her mother, I believe is what it is. Uh, I heard that. Which is yeah. two African-American women who can pass as white, choose to live on opposite sides of the color line in 1929 New York. Um, and it is obviously, you know, digging into to a lot of the stuff that that brings to light based on a novella. Uh, right. Tessa Thompson so, and Ruth Negga. Yeah. But it's yeah, right. So it's based on a novella. But I believe I guess th- she yeah. was attracted to the material because right. of. Uh, uh, family experiences. Yes, uh, Tessa Thompson and Ruth Negga are the two, the two, the two main women in it. Uh, Andre Holland's in it. Alexander Skarsgård, Bill Camp. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean another yeah. one. Yeah, the, these two last movies have they seem they have great cast, but a lot of movies that Sundance tends to have great cast and go nowhere. Like the right. Car- Gerard Carmichael movie is Gerard Carmichael, Chris Rabbit, Tiffany Haddish, J.B. Smoove, Henry Winkler, all people I like seeing. And this one is like Tessa Thompson, Ruth Negga, uh, Andre Hall, and Skarsgård Camp. I mean, can't go wrong there. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Skarsgård's in a lot of bad stuff. Not a not a reflection of his talent, but he he's another person sure. who seems to just work. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, to be to be specific, uh, Rebecca Hall's mother is. Uh, Maria Ewing, uh, an opera singer, an American opera singer, uh, whose mother is uh, of Native American, African American, and Scottish ancestry. I see. No, sorry, her father. Okay. Her mother is Dutch. Sure. Uh, yeah. I. Is this. Don't, I'm not yeah. excited to watch it. It seems very like I don't know. I'm general. I'm generally skeptical of actors making their director debut, but whatever. I recently yeah. saw One Night in Miami, right. and it was like fine to pretty good. So maybe it'll be that. Yeah. Uh, is this one? This is. I mean, is this one that is maybe getting released? Released? I think it quickly? is. Uh, right, because that is the other wrinkle this year. Is that. If these movies have a quick turnaround with like a real release, uh, they uh, Oscar qualify. So if anything yes. gets like an enormous amount of buzz, uh, they might really try to turn that into a campaign of some sort. Right. Passing which... is coming out 
Oh, maybe it doesn't have a date. I thought it did, but IMDb doesn't have one. Uh. Soon. Yes. Uh. No date or distributor. I don't okay. know. I, I feel like I'm the one who said that initially in previous conversations. Don't know where I got that from. Sure. Um, what else am I seeing? I th I, I think I'm seeing I'm seeing together together, right. uh, which uh, is uh, a young loner. Anna is hired as a surrogate for Matt, a single man in his forties, uh, and they have an unexpected relationship. <laughs> Uh, you know, I would say good cast. Right. Uh, the cast of the writer director, uh, Stockholm, Pennsylvania is the movie that was at Sundance that has Saoirse Ronan that is like, a. I think it's basically just a similar premise to Room, though I don't think she has a kid, but it's like gets kidnapped and then mm -hmm. returns to her family. That returns to her family. I don't think that was supposed to be exceptionally good, but then the kind of like, uh, is that she also wrote that uh, movie, three co-wrote the movie Three Generations, uh, the very poorly reviewed uh l fanning playing a trans boy movie oh yeesh. Yeah. um yeah but yeah the, the cast in that one is good ed helms petty harrison take notaro julio torres yeah. uh some names that i like we'll see yeah um yeah anything else in premieres that anyone wanted to nope this is not premieres this is or, uh... excuse me uh the u.s dramatic competition um yeah, all right I, I think that's me. uh documentary competition u.s documentary competition, competition. yeah uh yep i'm seeing a couple things in here i'm seeing a couple of like performer docs i'm seeing ailey the uh mm -hmm. alvin ailey documentary i'm seeing the rita moreno uh documentary um so both of those i think you know they're you know performer docs are sort of docs that are kind of in my wheelhouse so i'm excited to check those out if for, uh, only because i find the subjects very interesting um yeah emilio you're seeing something here right yeah me and emilio are both oh, seeing Jesse all also. light everywhere the new theo anthony movie uh he of course directed rat film which was a really cool movie uh, sort of about the rat problem in baltimore but also little bit about rats in general and like it, it's a very cool movie yeah. uh yeah and then this movie i think he did like in between these two he also did like a an espn 30 for 30 about uh um ai tennis referees if i remember right but then this is his uh return to making a a feature film is uh all light everywhere is about surveillance and it sounds like maybe incorporates elements of like the kind of quantum mechanics idea of like an observer inherently uh affects the outcome of a situation uh i think we don't really know what it is but i'm really excited for it yeah i uh you know, I, I haven't seen Rat Film, but I've heard enough good things about it that I figured I might as well check it out. Wanted to, like, 
mm-hmm. try a couple of things from different buckets at this Sundance. So this is one of the movies I went for, and it's, I don't sure. know. It sounds yeah. cool. I like a funky documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also of interest in this uh, this uh, category is uh, uh, Questlove's documentary, uh, which mm-hmm. he he mm-hmm. directed, "Summer of Soul" or "When the Revolution Cannot Be Televised." Uh, which is about uh, the Harlem Cultural Festival, which was the same summer as Woodstock. Uh, And so it's footage from that event, uh, which hasn't been seen apparently in 50 years uh, and is, you know, sort of a a trying to sort of reclaim the importance of that event. That's also on the premiere, uh, like on the opening night is like another premiere. Mm -hmm. So I might be able to be able to like switch over to that depending on how the, on whether it gets sold out or not um, with critics so uh, I might also see that opening night if I am able to make the timing work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm also seeing Homeroom, uh, which is a you know a a uh, about uh, following a class of high schoolers, uh, class of 2020, uh, at Oakland High School. Obviously, a lot of stuff happened in 2020 for mm-hmm. students, so uh, interested to check that one out. Um, yeah. Anything else in the docs in the U.S. dramatic in the U.S. documentary competition? Uh, no. Uh, not really. No, I don't think so. Are you seeing anything in the world dramatic competition, Andy? I am not sure. Um, or I guess there's one that uh, Emilio is seeing. Uh, oh right, I think I am seeing that same one. Okay. Yes, what, it is. Do I... Is it here? This is yes. One for the road. Um, it seems to be a movie about a guy who is a ladies' man in New York who goes back to like his home country of Thailand, and he's like doing a bucket list. Which I don't know. It's, I guess that like premise sounds very like Sundancey, like find your happiness sort of thing. But it's produced by Wong Kar Wai, and I'm willing to give. Something mm-hmm. produced by Wong Kar Wai as much rope as possible as a gigantic fan of his, and I assume there'll be some nice art to it. There'll be some nice shots, and it'll be charming enough. Excited to watch it. Yes, that one I think I don't like. It's it's not one that I'm able to fit the premiere in in my schedule, but it's one I do have my eye on for the second screening. So I'm I, uh, Emilio will probably be the first to see that one. And I may will maybe will take a cue off of what he thinks of it as to whether I prioritize it for second screening or not. Um, oh, that's think, interesting. Yeah. That director is in uh, pre-production on a. Oh, that's weird. Is listed as a co-director with John M. Chu on a movie about the uh, the Thai cave rescue with the boys' soccer team. Oh, that's interesting yeah i assume they're not co-directing it because the dga doesn't generally allow that but they're both listed as directors Hmm. interesting yeah yeah other than that yeah not a ton in this category that i think is like super on my radar but if something really right bubbles up i may jump on it Mm mm-hmm cinema documentary competition i don't know if any of us are checking something from here checking out something from here uh i am not planning on it it's a 
it's it is a section that stuff does sometimes kind of pop from uh honeyland was in this section a couple years ago uh shirkers which is a movie i really like oh yeah shirkers is great yeah um yeah i think this is another one where yeah i haven't like i haven't prioritized any of these movies but uh some of them look cool and uh uh like i have like flea i think i have is like a potential second screening which is like a looks like a like it's got animated elements is a is a part of it um uh which seems pretty cool um yeah but yeah i mean yeah it's again this is one yeah not 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 a lot of necessarily like i don't have a ton of experience with like many of these people so i don't really know if anyone yeah. like has great yeah, reputations yeah. or anything yeah so. it's like you know international documentaries can sometimes be a hard thing to get into so yeah right. mm-hmm. who knows but who knows maybe there'll be a hit here perhaps next yeah the next section uh is a section that has maybe seen kind of a shifting uh sort of a sh- like the what what am I trying to say? Its identity has maybe kind of shifted over the last few years. It I feel like it used to be like a very interesting kind of uh uh stuff for like not necessarily experimental film, but stuff that is leaning a little more in that direction and it's become more of a just like uh like the UCR the uncertain regard to the dramatic competitions competition it's like stuff uh, th- there's like more stuff with name actors though like obviously like even if it's even in its heyday you had like a ghost story which is maybe the best movie that has ever premiered at Sundance uh but yeah this will be an interesting year for this comp for this uh this yeah i got my eyes on uh crypto zoo i think yeah i was gonna say i don't know why i don't have a ticket to that i am buying one as we speak (laughs) because i saw this director's previous movie uh dash shaw who is i believe a graphic novelist and i think uh his previous film uh, my entire school, high school sinking into the sea, I believe right. was an adaptation of a graphic novel of his, which was like, I think, I think the thing that kind of got that on people's radar is that it, I can't remember where it premiered, but I think it surprisingly, uh, popped up at, uh, in the main slate at the New York Film Festival and people were like, what? Uh, but yeah, I thought that movie was, like, pretty fun, uh, and this new movie is another, uh, animated film, 2D animated, uh, but, like, weird kind of animation with, uh, Lake Bell, Michael Sarah, Jason Schwartzman, Grace Zabriskie, uh, Angeliki Papulia, uh, who is a, uh, Lanthimos collaborator. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I 
yeah, looks cool. I'm excited for it now. I'd forgotten about this. Right, yeah, my yeah, I I definitely was aware of my entire high school sinking into the sea at that time. It was um I remember it played at like my art house, I think, and was like I was like looking, I was like, "Oh, this seems interesting." And then I never got around to it. Um, but it seemed cool. Uh and yeah, this one I think yeah, the the stills look cool. Like it, like it looks like a fun animation style that I would be into seeing i always like seeing different styles of animation represented uh so yeah it's one i'm i'm i, I got my eye on yeah sure also purchase a ticket. timing will be a little yeah <laughs> I, i'm in the process of doing so the timing yeah. will be a little weird but i think i can swing it awesome uh so there's another movie that i'm seeing yes uh, you, live action, you get on... You, what, what other festival podcasts give you this kind of... <laughs> movie podcasts give you this kind of action? Transactions happening on the audio. We're doing it, folks. Yep. We're attending Sundance. All right. Take it is... Um, well, there we go. Order has been right. placed. The other... Uh, uh, I think the other thing in here that I ha- sort of have my eye on is Strawberry Mansion, uh, which uh, mostly because Reed Burney is in the cast... Uh, mm. who I like, he's a stage actor, um, who I quite like, uh, is in, uh, was in the original, uh, stage production of The Humans, for which he won a Tony Award, um, in a world where the government records and taxes dreams, an unassuming dream auditor gets swept up in a cosmic journey through life and dreams of an aging eccentric named Bella, uh, you know, big swings, we love them. Yeah, this is, uh, co-directed by, uh, Kentucker Oddly and co-written who's like a very much a, a mainstay of the kind of indie film world he's worked with like Alex Ross Perry and I think he's worked with Joe Swanberg and yeah. like the kind of like sort of mumblecore into post mumblecore uh yeah uh so I'd be interested in that. And, and it also stars uh, Grace Glowicki, who is really good in a movie that I saw at the Maryland Film Festival last year and mentioned in my little monologue episode. And that movie is called uh, Raf, R-A-F. She was She's the lead of that film and was quite good. Uh there's actually, I'm noticing now, uh, I don't know, uh, much about this movie, but there's the international premiere of a Mexican film called, uh, Sons of, Son of Monarchs, which is sticking, it's about a, uh, looks like it's set in, oh, okay, so it's another, uh, interestingly, another film about a, uh, a New Yorker who is returning to their hometown, uh, in this case, uh, in Mexico, uh, but one of the actors in it is, uh, Lazaro Gabino Rodriguez, who was in, uh, Fauna last year, which was, uh, premiered at Toronto, and then I saw it at the New York Film Festival. I think that movie is really great, and he's really great in it, so... Uh, that makes me curious about this movie. I will maybe investigate it a little more. Also, surprise William Mapather? Yeah. Ethan from Lost, folks. Oh. 
in Other Man. Oh yeah, in that movie. Oh, I think I'm gonna have to yeah. see this movie too. <laughs> How many movies will will Jesse buy tickets to I'm, before the I'm end gonna, of this podcast? Uh, not. I'm gonna. Okay. Well, keep well, my focus for great. the moment. Um. Cool. Anything else in next that anyone wants to shout out? No, nah. I don't think so. We can go to the premieres. All right. Uh, premieres, yes. Uh, notably, uh, promising, uh, promising a woman, Kajillionaire, the report, yeah, uh, premiered stuff. here. Uh, have landed in the premieres yeah, category. It's a sort of, I guess, it's sort of just their like catch-all for like and every all their other stuff, right? I think it's like, like there's like big stuff, I guess. Right, more yeah, more mainstreamy stuff, I guess. Yeah, because. There, um, there's some interesting stuff here. Andy, what, yeah, what are you for watching? Sure. Uh, I th- what am I seeing? Um, uh, I got my eye on uh, Mass, uh, which is the uh, Fran Kranz directed movie uh, with Jason Isaacs and Dowd. Martha Plimpton, also oh, Reed right. Birdie, is also in that. He's got a double movies at the festival, it seems. Um, which, uh, is a premise that seems tough. Uh, years after a tragic shooting, the parents of both the victim and the perpetrator meet face to face. Uh, not, not sure how I feel about Fran Cran's take, take, tackling that material, but it's something I got my eye on. Um, there's, um, uh, Robin Wright's movie Land, which I believe is another one that, like, might make the jump into, like, the current Oscar race, I believe I have sure. heard rumblings of. Um, she directed, Robin Wright directed it. One woman's search in the aftermath of an unfathomable event for meaning in the vast and harsh American wilderness. How many unfathomable events will be happening across all of Sundance? Who can say? Um, hey, an unfathomable year. Yeah. Yes. Hey, rather it be in the movies than at, at the actual Sundance, am I right? For sure. <laughs> <Right>. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, how it ends, I think I have my eye on. Zoe Lister Jones is someone who I've heard interesting things about. She I'm... directed that movie with her and Adam Pally a few years ago. I think ago. so. That's and then her. she did like a horror movie last year, right. I feel like. She was also, I know her from the cast of Life in Pieces, I think, the CBS sitcom that like James Berlin and Diane Weist were on. Um, oh, I know, I know her from. Uh, new girl she had an arc on new girl sure right yeah she's sort of been kicking around like on like tv but also has been like mm-hmm. having this like writer director career at the same yes. time uh that one she's in it and also olivia wilde fred armison helen hunt lamorne morris all right fred armison's in that adam pally movie too I yeah think. she also wrote lola the greg greta gerwig starring film lola versus Sure. Sounds familiar. Um, yeah, so that's that's one I got my eye on. Um, ben Wheatley somehow has made another film. That's right. This is his this is his quarantine movie, I believe. Right? He made this one entirely in lockdown. I think as a disastrous virus um, grips the planet, a scientist and park scout venture deep into the forest for a routine equipment run. Through the night, their journey becomes a terrifying voyage through the heart of darkness as the forest comes to the life around them. 
I don't know. Uh, it sounds like yeah. like scarier, so like more in like the vein of the stuff he's good at. But he's also he's he's made a lot of movies recently, not a lot of them good. Mm-hmm. I'll say. Right, and he's like, yeah, he's getting attached to a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of stuff in the hopper. I still have managed to never seen one of his movies. Not sure. I'll start. I here. like High Rise. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I don't really. The other one I've seen is uh, Free Fire, which I don't really like. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. fine. But I've heard better stuff about his earlier movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a COVID documentary that's premiering. Um, yeah. Right. And then I guess, yeah, the, uh, the there's the, the Edgar Wright Sparks doc, uh, which I guess I have in, like, a very soft maybe pile. Um mm-hmm. Uh, a Sesame Street documentary that sounds cool. Oh that's yeah, that's that's sort of that's in my that's in my maybes I think. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the the big one I guess here that we're all seeing is uh, Prisoners yeah. of the Ghost Land. Yes. Prisoner, two ta- a movie I've mentioned on both episodes of most anticipated films, Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Nick Cage, mm-hmm. Cyan Sono, give it to me. Finally excited to watch this. This movie's gonna be insane. It, I don't even yeah. know if it's gonna be good, but I'm gonna have a good time watching it. It's an East meets West vortex of beauty and violence. Hey. Which sounds right in Amelia's wheelhouse, I will say. Listen. Um, respect the god yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah. Sophia Battelle is in it too. I liked her. Sophia Battelle. She's, she's Nick, in a pro- Nick Cassavetes she's... is the third lead. Which like sure, sure. Yeah. but you know, sounds good. I think sure. Is there anything in Midnight any of us are interested in? They're like horror segment. I don't think I'm doing anything in Midnight. I do not think so. Yeah, uh, none of us are really plugged. I into mean, there's that a one. new Rodney Asher movie. Uh, who is Rodney uh, Asher? Oh, is this? Uh, Rodney Asher's the Room 237 guy. Oh, okay. Which is about... That's it's the called Shining A Glitch stuff. in the Matrix, and it's about uh, uh, the possibility that we might uh, be in the Matrix, which I feel like... Uh, didn't we get in an argument about this, Andy, recently, where you were like, no, Probably. we couldn't possibly be in the Matrix. I think it's exceedingly unlikely that we're in the Matrix. Uh, I think... Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to start... This is going to be the the, the kind of Elon Musk thing, which is uh, he's mentioned in the uh, blurb for this movie, but if it is possible for someone to create a Matrix, it is exceedingly likely that we are in one. Sure. I guess I, I see the argument there. I guess that, yeah, I am unconvinced that it is possible. Sure. That's fair. Uh, Violation, which was in uh, uh, Midnight Mad, one of the few Midnight Madness movies at TIFF last year, uh, uh, directed by, co-directed by, uh, co-written by, and starring uh, Madeline Sims Fewer. Uh, I believe that this film is coming to shutter in like February or March. Uh, but I remember I, it seemed like it was the 
best reviewed of the two or three Midnight Madness movies. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how people react to it. Right. Yeah. And then Spotlight. And then Spotlight, the the one There's where two they movies right in where they're Spotlight. like. Movies that have been at other festivals is basically what it is, right? And it's usually, yes, it's usually a pretty small, uh, pretty small section, even in a regular year. Uh, There's (laughs) two movies this year, uh, but in in most years it would be maybe like five, four, five, maybe six at the most. And it's usually, usually it's something that kind of like premiered at a festival and then kind of like disappears for a little while and then you're like oh it's popping back up at sundance and it's gonna <laughs> uh, right. and that i would say describes one of these movies and not the other the movie that it describes is the world to come which was a venice film festival premiere did it also play tiff or no i don't remember it, it definitely have. hasn't played i'm pretty certain it has not played any american festivals anyway. it's the north american okay, premiere so it did north not american play premiere. so yes uh catherine waterston vanessa kirby because we have like christopher abbott uh uh playing two couples uh uh but uh uh catherine waterston and vanessa kirby are the the leads of the film and they form their own relationship uh and then the other film is Night of the Kings, which we have talked about, directed by Philippe Lacote, uh, the movie that's set in a prison and is about uh, a guy who has to basically become a storyteller. Uh, yes, uh, we, yep, yeah, we, uh, we, yeah, we talked about that movie. I think we were like mixed positive generally. Yeah. It's like it's like all right. I, yeah. I was, yeah. I was like. It's I, it's an extremely met movie for me. I'm very sure. Whatever. I didn't on. finish it. Right. It's maybe yeah. worth finishing. Sure. There's some interesting right. stuff in it. I don't know. I it guess does, I, yeah. I might take that back. You might get everything you need to get from it from like one hour of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then there's the the new frontier section, which I haven't really dug into, which I think has like some episodic stuff and some VR stuff. Right. That's maybe worth, uh, I would say if you do the work and that's something where you can get a pass to the whole section for like $25. I don't know anything about any of these projects, but like, right. I might still just do that just cause like, why not check out a few things? Yeah. I, uh, I don't. Yeah. Right. You d- do you need VR equipment or what? Like, I don't know. Right. There, I think some of the stuff element. you need VR equipment for, but there is stuff that you don't. And uh, that is, uh, that is also the one that's available internationally, I believe is that right. section. I believe is like, that so, is correct. So maybe uh, we'll bully Cullen into to checking out some yeah. VR things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see if, uh, one of the, uh, PR firms will, uh, mail Cullen, uh, an Oculus. Great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we've got a bunch of shorts. Are you doing any shorts, Andy? Uh, I don't have any planned, but um, I figured I might check like some out the first day because I don't have like I won't have anything until sure. uh, Coda premieres at like six p.m. Eastern, 
So like, and I'm off that. Like, I've taken off the whole week so that I can do watch festival movies. So I might mm-hmm. jump around uh, and watch a program or two of shorts uh, or some episodic stuff uh, on that first day. Um, yes. Yeah. And then I guess the other thing to talk about is the the added movie, which they is I believe is technically in the premieres section. Uh, the big one is that they added Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, which I will be seeing. Uh, that one is, it's a big, it's Warner Brothers. It's a big uh, Oscar play for them. Uh, critics have already started see- tweeting about it and it's got like big, exciting performances. And it seems a lot, a lot of good, like awardsy buzz on that one. Uh, great cast. Uh, it will be on like HBO Max in the Warner Brothers thing, like within like three weeks of it premiering at Sundance or something like that. So not a long wait on that one. Probably not worth buying a ticket to if you have HBO Max and are just going to be able to watch it like in 4K and everything on that anyway. But uh, I will be checking that one out because I'm excited for that movie. Anyone else have anything to say about Judas and the Black Messiah? Uh, Sounds great. Sounds great. Excited to watch it. We'll probably watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you talk about... uh... The director's previous film, uh, no. Newlyweeds, at all? I uh, did not. No, unfamiliar with it. Please. Uh, I've heard it is good. That's all I have to great. say about it. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what. Like, it had that great first trailer that like got everyone really excited. Uh, seems. Like uh, it has an interesting supporting cast too, like Coleman Dominguez in it, Isaiah Whitlock mm-hmm. Jr., Adrian Martinez. Yeah. The last thing the director directed was four episodes of Shrill, an Andy favorite. Oh hey, I've only I have I got to catch up on Shrill, but I do like what I've seen. I'm not all up to date on Shrill. Do not tweet Shrill spoilers at me. Mm-hmm. Don't tweet Shrill spoil. If you got them, don't tweet them at Andy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's that. So that's Sundance. I, that's Sundance, I think. Yeah. Um, Excited to, to yeah, to, to check out some stuff. I'll be tweeting, as mentioned earlier. Uh, and uh, we'll also we'll be, all tweeting. be tweeting. If you want to hear me go crazy over Prisoners of Ghostland, whether it's good or bad, right. I'll tell you I'll if tweet. that one car wipe movie, <laughs> produced movie, is good. I'll let you know if that yeah. Gerard Carmichael movie is, like, very whatever. And then mm-hmm. I'll try to capture my thoughts on whatever that Theo Anthony thing. And maybe we'll all see CryptoZoo. We'll talk crypto there. Yeah, yeah. The uh, specific uh, reason why I remember Newly Weeds is that uh, past guest uh, Eric Allen Hatch is a big fan of that film. Okay. Cool. All right. So I think that probably does it for this segment, uh, and we're gonna be rejoined by Cullen and a guest uh, for yeah. uh, some more Sundance fun. All right, we are back. We are joined by Irish journalist and friend of the show, Mike Finnerty. Uh, th- thanks for, thanks oh, for yeah. having me, lads. Thanks for having me. As again. well as by Cullen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, and when Mike's here, you know we're only going to be talking about one of two topics. <laughs> and the, the topic for this week uh, is, of course, 
the hit HBO sitcom Entourage. Sitcom in uh, scare quotes there. I mean, look, sure. we're recording this at a tumultuous time in uh, global and American history. I mean, Ben Affleck and Andy Armas have just split up. I mean, just oh. to date the episode, anything's um, anything can go at this stage, my friends. It's <laughs> true. We were on the, um, the life edge of history. And I did find it very comforting to return to the world of Entourage. This is the thing. <laughs> the world, the, the, world uh, of team the major problem, as always, is Vince going to get to do the movie. It's such like a, a nothing show where like literally there any stakes that are established in an episode are wrapped up by the end that it is like just, you know, Pringles the way you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think Ben Affleck is currently in the halfway point between Vinny Chase and Johnny Drama? Boy, <laughs> Amazing wow. question. Amazing question. Wow. 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 Wait. Wait. He's going What's crazy? from Chase to Drama. That's what. What's he's crazy doing? is because he's older. He's the Vinny, and Casey is the Drama. <laughs> <laughs> and it should be reversed, just based on. I, the actually, ages. that's not actually your um, Colin in the Entourage movie. Um, Johnny Drama wins the Golden Globe. So in this right. metaphor. Um, dra- uh, Casey and and uh, Drama are the more respected Oscar wise acting wise. So. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it could track. Mm-hmm. And Vincent was nominated for a Golden Globe as um, director as well. So who knows? Maybe that metaphor is more accurate than we toss. I, I yeah. You know, honestly. The Don't Get Too Many Layers. is like The Simpsons, where like it predicts everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those things where it's like that Ben Affleck and the Armas thing was very entourage to me, and just how like weird. And stupid, it seems. The be. cardboard cutout. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the cardboard cutout of all is extremely yeah. entourage. <laughs> the Duncan <laughs> smoking under the mask. God, I would love to see how Entourage would deal with the pandemic. That's actually one of my uh, notes. That, that's literally okay. in my notes. Because um, I'm, I'm an improvised comedian at heart. Um, how do you think the Entourage characters will cope with COVID in terms of their personality? I think drama would it will go with the it's just the flu thing more than anyone. Yeah. Uh, Ari will be super militant about it. Uh, Vinny Chase is filming something in Bulgaria that doesn't um, follow COVID laws. Sure, right. Ari, I think, is like, he like does it he like is really vigilant about it but he's he's not doesn't know like the real th- so he's just like wiping hand sanitizer like everywhere he goes right and stuff, like and it's he's like... leaving his groceries out on the porch for three days right. and it's like <laughs> stuff that like has been like debunked that like you don't really need to do that but like he's still like going all in on all that stuff okay here's the like, turtle is a super spreader no, here's the plot <laughs> the first episode of the season as it starts there's like this very attractive lady and she's like what? inviting the entire crew to a party and then but like Vinny and Ian Ari are like nah we can't do that we have other obligations come on bro it's a party it's a pandemic party and then Johnny really wants to go and Turtle is iffy on it because the the women are very attractive and then they end up going and then they find out that most <laughs> of the people have left but also she has COVID so then they have to quarantine at that lady's house for the rest of the season Jesus. and then they have to do- and then we have to deal with all of that. <clears throat> wow. My god. Boy. Well, um, <laughs> the reason we're talking on Trump... Right, the episode <laughs> is, that we're talking uh, about today. In season two, they go to Sundance uh, to premiere uh, Billy Walsh's Queens Boulevard, uh, starring <laughs> Vinny Chase and Robert Duvall and Ethan Soupley. And Zoe Deschanel. And, uh, Zoe yeah, Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. 
And uh, Johnny Drama has it, it ends up being uh, he's a lie, six on right? the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He's the sixth lead. He's the sixth lead. He is uh, very clear I mean, to say. Oh, I have not watched much more Entourage than we have talked on this podcast. But it is it the Queens Boulevard supposed to be super New Yorky? Ethan Soupley and Zoe. Deschanel it's meant to be like mid two thousand yeah. strokes. New York is cool kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. No. I can't imagine like Zoe Deschanel playing like. A Lorraine Bracco, yeah, like playing <laughs> a Brooklynese, like a James Gray kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be, you know, Little Odessa, but it's <laughs> uh, yeah. starring Adrian Grenier. <laughs> yeah. So this is season two, episode seven, entitled "The Sundance Kids." Is the one that we all watch. Pretty clever. Um, is it? Credit yeah. Due, credit where credit is due to Mr. Doug Yeah. Sure. You think he named I don't every have the episode? writing. Yeah. I don't have who the specific writing and directing credits for this episode are offhand. I'm going to shout um, out, there's a 90 second track and shot in the middle of this episode that's like a Robert Altman film. Like when they're walking down the street, they're having like a walk and talk West Wing conversation and the shot ends oh. with Ari go throwing a snowball. So I'm getting ahead of myself. But like yeah. when you're watching something as B tier as Entourage and then it gets kind of a Robert Altman or um, Fellini flourish in there. Right. I'm like, yeah. is, this show, is this show good? That's what is so the conversation gross. they're having then? Though? It's really it's like, gross. They're it's a really about... gross combo, right? I, yeah. I didn't say I didn't say it was a stimulating conversation, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking about like, I mean, they're talking about who like bro code basically of like right. who saw the girl first, like who would get to sleep with her. Right. Yeah. And, exactly. Uh, it's really Jesus. really gross. Um. So yeah. So this episode opens with them getting off the plane in Utah. Uh, they're all in uh, winter wear of yeah, sorts. Yeah, we gotta do a fashion report real quick. <laughs> Drama in a winter. cowboy house. Yeah. Drama in a um, cowboy hat and like a sheepskin, like <laughs> huge jacket. Uh, he's in like a North Face down, like big old puffy. Uh, Turtle has like a, a pretty slick pullover and like uh, mm-hmm. some skull cap. Um, and then Vince is like in a rain jacket. We were watching it and we were just like, he's cold. He's not dressed for the weather. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing jeans and a rain co- and like yeah, it's a and like a scarf raincoat. Yeah, um, right. So they're in Utah, and they're yeah, the the whole thing is they have invited James Cameron there to mm-hmm. specifically see Queens Boulevard Damn. because yeah, uh, because he's up for Aquaman, which is like a big overarching entourage plot. Is if, yeah. is my understanding is like. The story of Entourage is essentially the story of the Aquaman movie that James Cameron made, or in some. That's way. only like season two and three. Um, oh, okay. Um, so oh, that's <laughs> right. That's what's happening. They're there for that. They have like rented a very nice cabin. Like yeah, it's like a say, nice. It's like, it's like a Nancy Myers interior for people who listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a real yeah, all wood paneled like you know sort of thing. Uh, they have a bunch of like swag there from Sundance. The T-Mobile, T-Mobile sidekicks. sidekicks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it is the early two thousands, folks. You think um, Turtle uses it to Google something later. What's <laughs> <laughs> <Once> it <you're> done? <laughs> um, you think they were side? And then the yeah, the yeah. other thing, the other important thing that's set up here is that um, Turtle and E, right? No, it's the drama. Tur- Turtle and drama. Excuse me. Uh, 
Uh, How dare you? To, have to, I'm sorry. It's not. These characters are certainly not all interchangeable in my head. Um, have to share a be, <laughs> a, a bedroom with bunk beds. <laughs> yes. They're, e well, especially also... is like E is not a real character. You can just slot E in anywhere. E like well, barely exists in my mind. Yeah, we haven't really watched any E-centric episodes. Uh, he, um, <laughs> you know, he had the plot line with Anna Ferris in the first uh, can one we watched. Sure. And, like, his thing is he's, like, trying to hustle to, like, make deals for Vince to, like, prove his worth constantly. Yeah, I think... Uh, um, I would, but Kevin Connolly is just, like, a bad actor. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, like, what, like, each of their roles is. It's just, like, drama is always horny and also worried about having an acting career still. Turtle is just, yeah. like, the fourth guy who's there to have fun, and he's also horny. <laughs> He right. is always insecure about his role within their operation because he thinks like Ari and Vinny undermine him. Vinny and he's horny, and he's also horny. Vinny chases horny, and he's also the star. And maybe he won't do the movie due to whatever capricious yeah. thing the episode needs to keep going on as a plot. And then Ari right. is mean and also horny occasionally. Horny, yeah, he's got his mouth. Yeah, and so, uh, right, and he, he, he is the one who encounters the Harvey Weingard in yes. the bathroom early on, right? right. So, but yes. um, previous to that, sure. there's there's the, the drama with uh, Turtle and Johnny drama and their bunk bed, but also their, like, liaison for Sundance uh, is this girl that they both have a crush on, mm-hmm. and... Uh, so there's the dynamic of who saw her first. This is the conversation we were talking right. about earlier. That's, well, that's the important thing, is, like, who saw her first and who gets dibs on this. Yeah, on this this human woman. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which agency? Um, who yeah. called shotgun on this right. human being? A very realistically written woman who is yeah. into both of them for some reason. <laughs> well, okay. Um, like, I've been watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist recently. Entourage does the polar opposite of what that show does beautifully of the will they won't they Entourage to Entourage the world's subtlety is a Middle Eastern city or doesn't exist it's not in its vocabulary <laughs> Zoe's extraordinary playlist plays it very jaunt and demi-esque very high tender and sentimental Entourage is like hey bro I saw first hey what are you doing here hey yeah yeah yeah. I mean yeah Entourage is a show that exists oh, that only stars people with no internal monologue it's like, any, it's yeah. like any, any, <laughs> anything they think, they will say. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, that is true. Yeah. No one's, like, ever playing it close to the best. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> After, like, you know, yes. anything. Uh, yeah. Um, so they go see this one movie with that um, Johnny Drama's trying to get cast in the director's next movie. Yeah. He's meant to be, like, and... an Almovar stand-in, isn't he? Well, uh, he called them the Spanish Spielberg at Spielberg. one Spielberg, yeah, and then he says, "I like Spanish yeah. New Wave." So, to my film student head, putting Spielberg and New Wave in the same sentence just made me very, very upset. To be honest, yeah. yeah. He, um, and the, yeah, they, so they go to the screening, and Turtle bribes his way in with a T-Mobile sidekick, <laughs> um, and uh, they're sitting next to each other, and like you know, at the end of the screening, they do the Q and A. And, right. and Johnny Drama like stands up and leads a leads a standing ovation for the movie, and then he like shouts out his like question. But then he's like, uh, "Great movie!" It's uh, a question like, in two parts. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's more of a comment than a question. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, he is the worst Q and A participant ever. The one thing you and, do not do in a Q and A. 
Right, and and then yeah. the director is like good about it. The director cuts well, him off. Yeah, I mean it, it's like it's like the collection of every bad Q and A trope of like he starts with like, just like a long comment that isn't a question. He's only there to get himself involved in whatever thing. Yes, he's not actually yeah. interested in like finding out whatever. Right. Uh, do we have but, any bad Q and A stories from our time? Oh boy! Oh boy! Do we? Because uh, uh, I, I saw mean, I saw Pacino speak in Dublin in uh, twenty fifteen. And I got tickets for my birthday, and I was, I was kind of turned in the queue. I didn't actually end up asking a question because this guy in front of me was asking me, this in May 2015. He says, "Are the Guardians of the Galaxy two rumors true?" I'm like, "Dude, you're talking to Al Pacino." I was going to ask him about Michael Mann. I was going to ask him about Heat, and this guy's like, "So what's the team with Star Lord's dad?" I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah." Um, Have I... you guys told the Gloria Bell story before on this podcast? Oh, I don't oh, think so. <laughs> That's a crazy one. Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, when we saw Gloria Bell at TIFF, it was me, Emilio Cullen at that screening, I believe, right? And, uh, sitting separately, we were not sitting together, uh, and it was, like, maybe the most fun in-theater experience I've ever had seeing a movie, it was, like, everyone was, like, applauding midway through the end and, like, clapping through the end, like, it was a great, it was a great vibes in the theater. Uh, Sebastian Lilo comes out to do questions. Julianne Moore's there too, I believe. And Turturro. And Turturro, uh, right. Uh, and we, you know, there's a few questions or whatever, and then this, <laughs> a, 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 a woman asks a question, and it, it, it preambles it with, maybe it's just because I'm, like, in Toronto or whatever, and, like, we're all, like, really multi-culty around here. She says the word of multi-culty, oh, and then sort of asks, like, why there weren't more people of color in the movie and then at like ask basically like who's in charge of casting it i think was the yeah. question and then also talked about like product placement like because she has an iphone in the movie right it was like a very weird question and it was like not the right venue to be asking that question i feel like and they sort of sebastian yeah, yeah sebastian Lalo was like yeah I, I made the movie i cast the movie or whatever and uh, it was. I mean, especially for a movie first, like moment. if you wanted to watch Gloria Bell with not white people, there. <laughs> good news, there's yeah. there's that movie <laughs> exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was a very strange moment. I another just personally with Q and A's. I used to one of my things that I did in college was I was in a like a touring like one hour adaptation of Shakespeare plays to different schools, uh, and we would always do a Q and A afterwards, and it was just always. Many times it was like the students were not well prepped on how to participate in a Q and A, so it was just always like, "Are Romeo and Juliet actually dating?" And like, "How do you guys memorize all your lines?" And like, those are like the standard yeah. questions you get from yeah, students. Yeah, and then, then Andy would get up ask like, "Who, who do you think really like, was Shakespeare?" Was Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that movie <laughs> anonymous? Is Roland Emmerich uh, anonymous a true movie or what? Yeah, <laughs> is Shakespeare really. hack. Listen. Just asking questions. There was also like the yes. burning Q and A where it was like right. Lee Chang Dong yes. and Stephen Yun were there, and literally their answer to any question was like, "I don't know, were we?" Where it's like, "Yeah, yeah." Where, yes. where it was like, "How did it? How was it like playing a murder?" And I was like, "I don't know, was I?" And that was the answer to every yeah. question, which is like sort of mm-hmm. good, but also, you know. Not the best thing. There's a lot of bad. Actually, it's kind of fitting about Stephen and Stephen Young. Um, what's the name of that Korean film he's in? It's like going to be one of the big um, Oscar oh. films this year. Uh, Minari, like that was Minari. the big film of Sundance 2020. I think didn't it win like the yes. Grand Dramatic Prize? And now it's like won like the Oscar frontrunners. Uh, wow, the year Stephen Young's had. 
yeah, yeah, festival yeah, yeah. favorite. I'm pretty sure he's the patron saint of this podcast at this stage. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, we'll yeah. Steven again. Yeah, we'll have him on. We'll, he'll, he'll be yeah. on an episode. Well, like, um, he was going to talk the Yontra season 7 finale, and uh, I have yeah, that buff, Steven. Sure. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, alright, so I guess, back to the episode, uh, they, they, right, uh, E runs into Harvey Weingard, the, is this the first time he had appeared in the show? Yes, yes I believe okay. so. Uh-huh. This is their introduction of their Harvey Weinstein analog. Wait, uh, what? Who was specifically mentioned to produce Kevin Smith movies. She was like the real Weinstein. Right, they exactly. They changed five letters and that's it, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. go on. Uh, and in the bathroom he's like trying to talk, uh, Vince up. Uh, in order to get him cast in, like, what was what is the Harvey Price oh, project? I, mean, I don't even it's, remember. The, it's, he just is like, he like has small talk with him in the bathroom and like makes some joke and he's like, I like that kid. He's like, you got Moxie or whatever. And then they like have a meeting and he's like, I got this book adaptation I've been trying to do uh, about it's like surfers. Australian surfing thing. Yeah. Uh, right. And uh, it's like chasing, I mean, you know, it's some generic title. Um, yeah, Josh Hart. Um, right. then, he's Josh like, Hart. Yeah, Josh Hart. And it was gonna be in it, and he dropped out. Cause he like, yeah, cause yeah, he couldn't do the stunts or something. Yeah. It was like something like couldn't that. Swim yeah, or yeah. Something. He said, I think he literally said he had no motor like functions or whatever. Like right, yeah. He's like he couldn't stand on a board. He's got no motor skills. Um, <laughs> and then, he and then they're like uh, about knowing if he could. Uh, yeah. a person from <laughs> New York. Like, <laughs> like I can't imagine he's ever served. <laughs> Uh, who, yeah. was the person who, well, oh, we for- who was the person Sorry, who lied about um, riding a horse while in Broadback Mountain? Was it Anne Hathaway or something? Oh, I maybe. It was on um, Broadback Mountain. Some actor was like, yeah, I can ride a horse really well. And then like when they yeah. got to the set, they're like, oh, wait, I actually can't. Ride I, that agony. is a very common actor lie, I think, to like right. say that you can like ride a horse when you yeah. can't. Um, um, sorry to Anne way. Anyone like, can ride a horse. Just sit on it, right? <laughs> that's a great that, That's a great Radiohead song. <laughs> yeah. Let's, <laughs> um... We forgot to establish <laughs> the main thread in my mind of this episode is Turtle desperately wants to go snowboarding and no one will go with him and they never have time to do it because they're there for like <clears throat> for yeah their for, movie. for business reasons. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, so then like Harvey's like yes or no answer. You know he's like uh, wheeling and dealing and they're like I guess yes and then. Uh, Right, like, we can't say yes to this Harvey movie with James Cameron coming in. Right, and, like, and so yeah, so Ari is like all in, into doing the Harvey movie, right? And yeah. then, mm-hmm. but then Vince is like, oh, but what if I get the Cameron? I think is the way is is yeah. The basic and then dynamic. he's like Cameron seeing other people. He's like not just like ex- right. It's like not like, a sure thing. It's not a done yeah. deal. That he's thinking, right. well, Ari had like James, James Franco's Franco's got a our... movie here. Ryan Gosling's got a movie. Yeah. James here. Franco. Yeah. yeah, um, and so then the is that the next thing is just the resolution of the girl plot. Well, so yeah, or... so like she's in the she's joining the Peace Corps. So their whole like thing is like it's our last chance with this girl we met forty hours ago, and uh, at the Q and A drama like to the director is like I'm the sixth lead in queens boulevard i'd be honored if you're my guest and the director's like sure um and then uh 
they're leaving, and this is where Turtles' T-Mobile sidekick comes into play, where he Googles a bunch of facts about the Sudan, and it's just like, oh, yeah, they're like, a national export is this. And he's like, their population is X. Like, he's trying to pass it off. That's right. <laughs> like yeah, they, <laughs> right. They try to pretend they're, like, really sensitive, like, bleeding heart types. And yeah. this is when um, the, uh, the immortal line of Turtles... Oh, well, yeah, so then they're, like, home... <laughs> With the girl, like, smoking weed or whatever, because Turtle's a, a classic Kiba hawk. Um, he's always got the plugs no matter where he goes. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, <laughs> Drama's like, I'm not going to join the Peace Corps, but I'm definitely going to volunteer at, like, a soup kitchen. And Turtle goes, every time I see a homeless person, I cry. <laughs> Which is <laughs> a, that I, a legitimately funny joke, I think. <laughs> this episode has jokes like that much. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Um, and so then that just ends up be like she takes them both into the bunk bedroom. Yeah. And they're just too like chicken to be like I'm uncomfortable with this, and so they just end up going through with it and have a threesome. Yeah. And then um, there's like a lot of uh, gay panic at the end where drama right. like is like don't touch me, don't look at me. Exactly. Really That's, gross yeah. stuff. <laughs> On Treasure's Gay Panic jokes? Did I miss this? Yeah, truly. I mean, who saw that coming? Wow, uh, shocker. And then also, at the same time, uh, Vince and E are having, like, a four-way with these girls in a hot tub, and they, like, decide they're going to do Aquaman instead of the Harvey movie. Right. Uh, and, so and the next day... They tell Harvey that they're not going to do the movie, and he, like... In, like, the lobby of the theater. Right. And uh, he, like, barrels in and turns into, like, Benicio Del Toro (laughs) in uh, Escape from Danamore, and is like, You're never gonna walk again! He's, screaming at him. He's, like, talking from, like, the back of his throat. It's, like, an insane (laughs) scream. Gotoro. Yeah, I believe Emilio, when we watched it, he said he was speaking from his stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So that He's happens, like, oh, 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 oh. right? And then also the whole time it's been like, is James Cameron actually going to show up to the premiere of this movie? <laughs> but then he has a chat with uh, Chrissy Metz from This Is Us, right? Yeah. Exactly. James Cameron does show up. He's like in line. He's like, get me some like sour, sour patch kids. kids. <laughs> it's like well, there's they... also they're yeah. in line and it's turtle and drama, and he like. Turtle clocks James Cameron, and he's like, starts talking super loud. He's like, that Vinny Chase is like the hottest kid in town. I'd see any piece of shit he was in. And it's like, this is in Turtle's mind. He's like, big upping him. Yeah, exactly. It's another another great joke. Tobias at the water cooler. Yeah. yeah, exactly. With a with a thrilling and dynamic performance from James Cameron in reacting to all yeah, this. Yeah, and he's like, oh. But he has a very, like, it's a very good line. Like, Chris Matt asks a question, like, did you make Titanic for X? And then he just says, no, I just made just to make teenage girls cry. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then so Cameron like, has good comedic like, delivery. Like, and actually, I, for my sins, I watched the rest of season two because, you know, it's locked down. What the hell are you meant to be doing? He actually has some good, like, comedic timing. In, well, like, yeah, he's that? in a few more things. Yeah. yeah. So they go in. They well. So Billy Walsh is back. We talked right. about him on our can episode. Alex Ross Perry himself. Uh, Billy Walsh. Yeah, character sure. in fiction. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, Ari like goes to shake his hand. He's like, "Fuck off, super suit. I never touch you people before the premiere." 
And then he like intros the movie and he's like, Vince, you do it. I can't talk about my art or whatever. And he like tells them then that it's four hours long. Right. He he's drops like, this cuts that, like, one in four yeah, hours. Yeah, the cuts you gotta go. you gotta go do it now because the movie's yeah. four hours long. <laughs> And then they sit down, and the guy he like introduces like four hours, and he's like, "It's my fucking deer hunter." <laughs> it's Which is so it, insane. Is it Billy Walsh's first movie in the? No, outro, or he, they, no. there's. Okay. Listen, I will. I'll tell you more about Billy All Walsh's right. first movie. Yeah. Uh, after after this, but I hold on. Everybody has a very like good joke as well. Uh, according to everyone at Sundance, every movie at Sundance that's is what the I best was, movie ever made. That's what I was gonna bring up. That they they talk about the festival hype. They're like every movie at Sundance is good because everybody's excited. Yeah, gonna take off those festival glasses. Yeah, um, and so then they cut to the like after the movie, the, like you see the opening credits of the movie or whatever, and then they cut to after the movie. They're walking out. I think it's like it's been warmly received, but then word gets out that Cameron left after ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, Turtles despondent, and he's like, I wasn't gonna say anything, but. Cameron like dipped out after ten minutes, and they're like, "Well, you know what? Like, we'll, we'll bounce back. We're the entourage." And then Vinny's like, uh, "Ari's got a flask," and Vinny takes a head. He's like, "Let's go boarding." Right. And then cuts to them Wait, on the mountain. You forgot yeah. cut to Wait, them on the mountain. The Johnny drama segment where it's like the, the where he gets like mo- oh, he gets right. like mostly cut out of the. <laughs> he's like, "That's so funny, too. Yes, I forgot. He's like, he's like uh, four hours, and they cut my scene. <laughs> That's right, but then the the uh, the the Spanish director is like, but your one line was like really like you had some juice there. He's like yeah. really into his performance from his one line. That's that so funny, I forgot. That. <laughs> uh, um, I like yes. that. the only through line I have with Johnny Drama with a few episodes I watch is that Europeans love Johnny Drama. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Viking Quest. Everyone's yeah. obsessed with Viking Quest. Yeah, they know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they cut to them on the mountain. Uh, they are like, hey, man, like, at least we're, like, bros the boys in are back Utah together. or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, then they get a he phone gets call. He gets a phone call. He, yeah. Right. And it's James Cameron calling from a helicopter that he is piloting. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like Ari, and he's like, let me talk to Vince. He throws him the phone. And he's like, hey, Jim. <laughs> He's like, I, you know, I didn't see the whole thing, but what I saw, you're really great. What right, you, I, saw like, enough, what you I saw enough. I saw enough to yeah. let you know that I you're saw, my yeah, yeah, another through line. Directors <laughs> seeing almost nothing of a performance and being like, that guy's got it. Yeah, he's got it. <laughs> Actually, we, for, uh, we forgot the uh, Peter Dinklage bit in the bar. Oh, right. oh that's true. Peter Dinklage just making it. They call. Story, I think yeah. Ari says you're the biggest star in this town, and Peter Dinklage is like, that's a joke about my height, isn't it? Which I think is like, yeah. He's like, is that a play on words, dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, and then it ends. Like, you, there's, a, like, a weirdly high number of shots of James Cameron's helicopter that he's piloting. Like, <laughs> well, I yeah, if... and then it's, like, stock footage. Right. It's, like, him in the seat. They have, like, a three-panel, yeah, like you know, split-screen. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, guess what? Vince is doing the movie. He's doing Aquaman. He's landed the part. And so now they can just chill out and uh, and have a great time. Well, yeah. Let's say ten thousand to the first one at the at the bottom of the hill, and then Johnny Drama pushes Turtle, <laughs> cut the stunt man in yeah. Turtle's costume as he's going down the hill. Like it ends on uh, the freeze frame, like an eighties. It ends like Fletch. The freeze frame like, is on the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know that's Entourage, and that's Entourage, baby. Uh, uh, ups and downs, even at the yeah. festival. But like that, uh, this is filmed at the um, 05 festival, and I kind of looked yes. at the. Um, 
Like, I was actually pretty decent lineup. There's uh, Grizzly Man, Squid and the Whale, uh, Brick yes, won, I think, the Dramatic Prize, uh, Wolf Creek, uh, Aristocrats, the documentary about the uh, joke, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Nine Songs, which um, a story about Nine Songs was um, when I was a kid, uh, uh, the local, the um, Irish version of Blockbuster was called Extravision. And obviously, you had, like, you know, your are equivalent of the MPA system. And yes. there was, and the height you can go is 18, which is like hard or. But there was a special yeah, yeah. yellow tape around yellow song, ninth song saying, this is like really, really upsetting or graphic. Yeah. You should, like, and like to an eight year old, nine year old kid, I was like, this sounds good. I didn't see Untiles in college, and Jesus Christ is all I can say about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I would have walked out if I saw that sometimes, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, Marin Ade's uh, first film, The Forest for the Trees, makes its American debut in the, uh, and I think maybe wins a director prize in the world dramatic competition. Mm. I think this is a pretty decent Oscar for Sundance as well, because Hustle and Flow gets the Terrence Howard nomination yes. and wins the song for Tree Six. Mm. And Squid and the Whale is kind of like the um, indie underdog, where like it gets three yeah. Globe nominations and it gets the screenplay nomination for Bombach. I mean, that's yes. it's not, not a bad batch. And I think then, of course, in documentary, March of the Penguins wins. Mm. And there's a documentary, I think it's called Murderball, about wheelchair rugby or something. That, that gets a documentary nom too. And the Enron documentary. So Sundance 05 had like a pretty good like oh, sure. yeah. crop. Yeah. And yeah. then of course yeah. Crash wins Best Picture because, yeah. <laughs> the best movie Ter- Terrence Howard should have been in this episode that would have been so funny <laughs> yeah right and in yeah, character <laughs> it is like I don't know if we made this clear they like they shot at Sundance like they're like they shot at Sundance the they shot at Cannes like, it's very can. snowy yep. and they, they have uh, HBO it, money man yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean like it looks pretty cool like to, to like of like them being out there and like all the crowds and stuff I think like there's you know you get a, you get a real flavor for for the festival. I, sure. I, I sort of yeah. feel like. I wonder how many times you see like Mark Wahlberg and his agent snowball fighting at Sundance with the Black Eyed Peas playing in the background. Yeah, it's so sure. the needle drops in it are insane. Will we trice? I think is um, the rapid yeah. song. Real name, real no, name gimmick. no gimmicks. And the end. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Um, so you said you were gonna talk about Billy Walsh's first movie because I'm curious. It's because it's like it's like oh so is the, like Billy Walsh <laughs> supposed to be like PTA? I don't know. I think he's supposed to be like Vincent Gallo or something because oh, the whole like, thing with his first movie is uh, he Vince in season one <laughs> gets offered uh, Queens Boulevard and like Billy Walsh is his director that like no one wants to take a risk on and he's like. Uh, he's like, watch my first movie. Tell me what you think. Uh, and there's like a gay sex scene in it. And um, I mean, Vincent Gallo would not have a gay sex scene. In well, like it's it's mentioned. Movie. Sorry, it's mentioned the first season that like that was like a big Sundance hit. I'm looking at the entire week. It was called Days, and like that was yes. kind of a big plot line in like season one. I'm like, oh, I want to impress this guy because you know, I actually think I've got it wrong. What it is is they like the movie. It's like this you know long black and white art film. Uh, and the script for Queens Boulevard has a gay sex scene, so they're trepidatious. And Vince ah. is like, everyone's like, you can't do it, bro. You can't have this scene. And they're like, yeah, but his movie's so good. I got to do it. And then when he agrees, Billy Walsh is like, I was testing you. You passed. Mm. And yep. they, they, no. It's like not in the movie. It's like, that, oh my I, was like God. I wrote, I put that in there. It's like the Goodwill Hunting thing, right? Where it's like they put the fake, you know, gay love story uh, to see if like people were actually reading the script, and it's like this is how he knows he's serious that he agreed to do this. Uh, 
But yeah, and, and, but the first, it's just like some black and white like art movie is his first sure. one. Sure. Well, later on with Queen's Boulevard, um, this in the season after this season three, I think. Do they, they cut it re- down or does it remain at four hours? So they are going to release Queen's Boulevard nationally. They held they held it back because it was doing really long press in test screenings. But the studio wants to digitally color it, even though it's in black and white. So Billy Walsh and Vincent Chase crash at press conference and says the film's not being released in color. Uh, screw it, it's not getting a national release. Does the director have that kind of autonomy? I don't think so. Can a director stop if from you're Billy Walsh. I, mean, I think if you raise enough of a stink, the like studio, oh, yeah. the studio is like forced to react in some way. But I'm sure they could still. But they they pull it. It doesn't get a cinema release. It gets released straight to DVD. I think is like the implication. Right. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. God, I'm trying such a so, so skewed view of Shelby. It's not. Like, I, I think I said in the first episode, I watched all of this when I was like 18, thinking, oh, I'm going to be a screenwriter. This is like, this is what Hollywood's like, great. And I applied for film school, it was great. I dropped out. But um, Entrust has a lot to answer for, I think. It, it should be before The Hague, quite frankly, for Warcraft. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's funny, but it, we're also thinking, like, we've covered Entourage twice here, because it's like the only major American work that covers film festivals. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it was like that and Mr. Bean's Holiday are like the two prominent things featuring Kane. Yes. Yeah. Except um, for like Han Sing Su, you know. And there's that well, one yeah, Simpsons episode as well. said American things, because yeah, if sure, we're talking yeah, yeah. about non-American features, of course, there's the upcoming film that Andy won't let us talk about. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I promised a. Um, I'm the hero of that story, by the way. <laughs> and I won't uh, let us talk about that movie. Taking a trip to Saint Sebastian. Uh, I, I promised a tequila story, a navy, a navy and tequila story. So this is from the Huffington Post, dated uh, May 2015. <clears throat> You may realize Takia Evion is a spirit company that Turtle promoted as part of a major story arc on HBO's Entourage, but don't call it a made-for-TV tequila, in quotation marks. Ken Austin, chairman and founder of the company, joined Huffington Post on Monday and explained that Tequila Evion had been in the works years before it ever made its television debut. In fact, the feature sprung from a conversation with his friend Doug Ellen, who created Entourage. We were literally hey in a hot tub in Nantucket at Jake Steinfeld's house, who was Holly Steinfeld's uncle. It's all connected to all the money. And Doug said, I went first. I want a storyline for Turtle that he can win. I want an arc where he can win. Austin said, I said to Doug, why don't you just do the tequila? And he goes, that's a great idea. I'll do like 50 cents in vitamin water. And that was it. So later on, um, Doug, sorry, Turtle becomes, you know, that kind of George Clooney where he makes his money from tequila. So that's kind of like his big redemption arc where he goes from like this schlubbed, like a, you know, billionaire. And in the movie, he's a billionaire. I'm like... Cool, so that's how show business it's works, so right? so funny. Yeah. Everyone truly gets what they want in Entourage. Boy. No consequences. Yeah. No gross. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. It seems like movies at Sundance are great when, in the Entourage universe and, like, things go well. Yeah. Like, it, it is interesting yeah. in contrast where the can premiere, like, goes so poorly and no one likes yeah. the movie. I mean, I, I wonder if it's a conscious decision to have Ari earlier in the episode be like, Everybody likes every movie here. It's Sundance, and then their premiere goes well. Like, I wonder if there is something yeah. being said Probably. there. Probably. I guess so. I mean, that's. But I mean, that might be given. Don't have a grudge against indie film? I don't think so. I mean, but I feel like it's also coming out at the angle of, like, everything here is, like, pretentious and arty. And yes, so, like, yeah. that's why it's bad. And now like, has, like, jo- kind of like... joke then, like, oh, instead of making James Cameron movies, we'll make an art house movie for the t- next 10 years. And then he takes, like, you know, a nag and a whiskey. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean that's I guess yeah, Entourage's POV is like anti art film. 
which is not, not surprising. The, the same the same show that deals with the inner studio politics of Warner Brothers doesn't have a good view of indie cinema. Who knew? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think their take is, it is good to be famous and rich. Yeah. 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 Exactly. No <laughs> right. that. And sometimes, so. sometimes these uh, these things can be a springboard for that. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Does so? Does anyone have any uh, wrapping up thoughts about this uh, vile television program? Yeah, I or, guess uh... you know it's a it's a sad story. We'll probably never talk Entourage again. They didn't go to any other film festivals. Uh, maybe one day we do the movie. <laughs> oh um, God, that's when you're doing rebound in the ratings. You're like, okay, who can we ask? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't um, think I'm going to watch a whole hour and a half of Entourage ever. No one did. The movie didn't do that well at the box office. It, it made its budget back, but it opened same weekend as Jurassic World. And right. I saw the movie in the cinema for my sins, but that's for an off mic. Yeah. Oof. So I'll say, yeah, a hearty you know, farewell to Vinny, Johnny, E, and Turtle. And Ari. Salud, boys. Yes. Sure. And uh, fuck off, Ari. Yeah, sure. I don't talk to suits. Sure. I, I still can't get over that Billy Walsh looks identical to Alex Ross Perry. I said that on my last episode, but just is it the facial structure? I don't know. And also, just yeah. maybe he looks like an indie film director uh, as yeah, an actor. Sure. Person with big eyes and bad beard and hair combo is like a go-to for indie film director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like this schlub. All right, all right, all right. Jesse. Let's uh, uh, start wrapping up yeah. the show. Uh, Mike, uh, would you like to plug anything? Yeah, um, my Mike CJF on Twitter. I'm a freelance Irish journalist about to head into the big bad world of film criticism, and you can just follow me on Twitter for you know my ramblings on film. You know, actually, um, Sundance has influenced my film taste because uh, the Southland Tales, uh, Southland Tales is a previous episode of yours, and another Sundance favorite, Donnie Darko. I have it here in my DVD collection, and another big movie from Sundance is Whiplash. So. Sundance is definitely a massive part of my uh, film-going life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking for I am looking forward to you know film festivals returning to normal, and I'd just like to plug cinema in general. Just support it, guys. I mean, there's, I'm preaching the converted here, but I really yeah, think cinema movie. has gone us through some very tough times. The movie yes, has really gone us through some tough times. Uh, Entourage definitely hasn't. Television hasn't. But uh, films have always been there for us, and long may continue. And long and hopefully, this podcast will still be. Covering movies whenever the hell this world the world exactly. gets back to normal. Yeah, yeah I, I was supposed to be at, I was supposed to be at Cannes last May to see my boy Paul Verhoeven's new movie. Who knows if that's going to happen this May? Maybe, maybe not at this stage. But you know, yeah. films will persist, and yeah. unlike Ben and Anna, films will persist. They will survive. That's true. Yes. yes. Well, Mike. Hopefully, we will see you at the TIFF 2022 Can I Kick It party. I'm saving off sure. as we speak. Great. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at can i kick it you can follow us on letterboxd at c-i-k-i pod you can follow me on either of those platforms at uh jp glick weber weber has two b's uh i don't think i have a plug this week great uh you can find me my name is andy online at andy t germ on your favorite platforms. Uh, also, no plug for me this week. Wow. So that's two weeks in a row. Um, Are we keeping track? That's weird. Oh, I, did I, mean, fi- like... I did, uh, for anyone oh. who's on uh, bated breath from last week, I did find my phone. Yes. Did you remember what the what book you were listening to? No. 
<laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Clatchley on everything. C L A T C H L A Y. Uh, check out Letterbox. I got a new list uh, called "I Bet It's Good" uh, with movies that I have not seen, but I bet are good. Emilio, very provocative list. People are talking about it. Um, I'm. People. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Letterbox at I Laugh Alone. Our podcast theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at treerelated.com. I mean, soundcloud.com slash treerelated. I fuck up this <laughs> plug every week now. I don't know what happened. <laughs> or I search treerelated on Spotify. This week, am I going to plug something? Let me think about it real quick. You know what? I am going to plug the music of the deceased rapper Pop Smoke. Very good music. His latest album is very good, and you should listen to it. The song What You Know About Love, a banger. Cullen? Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, if you if you like what we're doing and want to throw us some money to support us, uh, we have a coffee, ko-fi.com slash kanzi, kanzi, k-a-n-n-e-s-i. And feel free to give us a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. Yep. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.